Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. That's why you're listening. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 120 as we kind of do the final wrap up of this last uh, Dynasty season. Now, when I last did a podcast, I did it on Monday morning before the final game of the fantasy season on Monday night. I hope that you, like I, had Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, and they carried your teams to Super Bowl wins like they did uh, Monday night for many teams. I know I had Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen in one redraft league that I smashed my opponent in one. But the more exciting one was a Super Bowl victory in a dynasty league where I had Stefan Diggs. But I played uh, against Josh Allen and still pulled off a come-from-behind victory based on Diggs' three touchdowns. Pretty funny. Out of my eight dynasty leagues, I won the championship in two, and then I took home the trophy in one of my two redraft leagues. It was a fun and successful season for me, and I hope that my advice made it the same for you. But remember, we're fantasy freaks. Fantasy freaks build their teams 365 days a year. And so as we head into the offseason... I want to talk uh, today about some things that you can do to strengthen your teams while other managers in your leagues check out (laughs) until the NFL draft, perhaps. But there's things that you can do right now to improve your teams. And I always do a few things right away when the season comes to an end, and I want to encourage you to do the same this week. So I'm going to tell you five things that I do here at this time of the season as the season ends. And then I will also talk about, like two weeks ago, I talked about my, or last week rather, uh, some of the moves that I made, trades and waiver moves that I felt benefited my teams, wins you might say. And today I'm going to talk about my misses because there's a few things I learned this year that I felt like I'm going to do differently next year. It's something that we should do as dynasty owners is reflect back on the moves that we made and be honest in our assessment of them. So let's get started. I'm going to tell you five things that I do at this time of the year, and I recommend that you would do so that you can be ahead of your league mates. First is manage your scout team. Manage your scout team. So most dynasty platforms allow managers to have a scout team or a watch list, something like that. Players that are not on dynasty rosters in a league. And if you're not familiar with this feature on your platform, you really should be. Most platforms have like a star or a checkbox by the players' names that allow you to add them to your scout team. And this is really an essential feature for dynasty managers, allowing them to compile a list of the players that they're interested in following and possibly acquiring in the future. And so at the end of the seasons, I like to do two things. One, I remove players that were on my watch list that either are on other teams and that they were acquired by other teams and likely not ever going to be dropped. So I go ahead and drop them for my scout team. And then secondly, I remove players that I'm just no longer interested in following. If I've given them a year to follow and I'm not really interested anymore, I remove them. But then what I do is I actually go through every single player at every position and add the players that I'm interested in following. And I'm talking about going meticulously through every player at every position. It gives me a chance to see the players that may have been overlooked by other managers after lousy seasons or injuries, something like that. And so I will literally go, however your website does it, I'll scroll through the platform at every single quarterback, every single running back, every single wide receiver that's still available. And I will note or star or add to my scout team those that I'm interested in. 
And this way you've got kind of a fresh group of guys to continue to look at uh, really kind of a one click away who your scout team is. And so that's what I recommend doing number one. Secondly, something you can do to build off that is search for players that are on IR. Uh, players most often forgotten are the players that are on IR, especially in leagues that don't have IR roster spots. I have about 50% of my leagues have IR spots and 50% don't. And so I meticulously go through, when I do that, when I go meticulously through every player at every position, I usually find one or two players who were dropped during the season and overlooked from that point forward. The managers never drop superstar players, of course, but unproven players that have yet to break out often get dropped after an injury when dynasty managers have to make some tough decisions. So for instance, this week I picked up Blake Jarwin in two leagues. Uh, He was a starter ahead of Dalton Schultz before getting injured this week. And Schultz looked fantastic when Dak Prescott with Dak Prescott before he got injured. And there was really a streamable tight end start worthy a lot of times with Andy Dalton. So I still think that Jarwin is going to be the starter next year with a healthy Dak throwing him the ball. And I believe that uh, if he was available in my leagues like he was in two leagues, uh, I picked him up because he's the typical typical kind of guy that is on IR that managers overlooked before I snagged him in those two leagues. And so search for players on IR while you're meticulously going through every single player that is available. Third thing I'd recommend is making offers on underperforming rookies. Uh, One thing I do at this time of year is I try to look back at my top 20 to 30 players that were on my 2020 rookie draft board. And then I note the rookies that didn't do well or barely saw playing time. I try to make an honest assessment of what went wrong uh, for them. And if I think that they will, if they, they will actually play better in the second half of the season, or the, in their second season, rather, and if I still believe in the player, I'll make trade offers to the managers to at least test the water just to see if they still have hope in the player like I do. Often they don't. And so I like to offer a 2021 rookie draft pick that's a few picks or even a round back from where the teams drafted that player in 2020. And so managers want to see if they have, you know, managers love to see that they have draft picks, you know, going into the 2021 rookie draft. And so just dangling one out there as an opportunity for someone who has a player on their roster that didn't perform well is a great way. And if a poor performing rookie player, if I find one that I believe in, take for instance, like Brian Edwards, uh, if he was drafted at the end of the second round in the 2020 rookie draft, I'm going to offer an early third round pick in a trade to try to pick up Brian Edwards, who didn't do well this year. And I'll actually also do the opposite. When I'm really assessing these rookies that didn't pan out, if I have a rookie on my team that I no longer have hope for, I'll actually put him on the trading block to see if I can get uh, someone to sell him, someone to buy him from me for a 2021 rookie draft pick, about the same spot where I drafted him in 2020. And so I'll do that one both ways. If I believe in someone, I'll try to offer and try to do a little bit of a low ball offer. And if I actually don't believe in someone, I'll put them on the trading block and hope that someone else does. Fifth thing that I'll say that I do, or third, fourth thing rather that I do, is you got to note the 2021 free agents. So dynasty managers really need to know which players are free agents in uh, 2021 to evaluate the rosters more appropriately. Some players sign with new teams that improve their fantasy outlook, and sometimes players sign with teams that hurt their fantasy outlook. And from a dynasty perspective, it's usually best when players actually re-sign with their current teams, because if they're let go in free agency, with few exceptions, that means that they believe the player is past their prime. They weren't willing to sign him, or at least they believe that they have younger players on their team that can come close to the same level that they're willing to uh, try to pay less and save some salary cap. Some... Every week, Dynasty starters 
are free agents this year. That includes like Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake. See, free agency is so important because it will shake up the dynasty values of these players and all the other players on their teams. So dynasty managers need to be aware of the players' NFL contracts so they can plan accordingly. Managers willing to take risks uh, can capitalize by making trades for these players, assuming that they get signed to a good team, or for their younger back backups, assuming that they're going to have more opportunity when the player in front of them leaves. So take Kenyon Drake, for instance. If you think he's going to leave, then maybe it is Chase Edmonds that's ready to be the number one back in Arizona next year. It's definitely a risky game, but savvy dynasty managers need to know who the free agents are and then try to read the tea leaves, so to speak, and capitalize on trades uh, with their league mates. Fifth thing that I do, uh, prepare for the free agents, and then the fifth thing I do is I actually start preparing uh, for the 2020 rookie class, or 2021, that is. So it is a new year. It's 2021. Happy New Year to you. Uh, So it's the season to start preparing for the 2021 rookie drafts. Uh, Most rookie drafts in my leagues take place in May, so there's plenty of time to prepare But Dynasty Leagues are so much more fun when you prepare in advance rather than just waiting a week before the draft. So to prepare, one thing I do is I begin to follow many of the top draft analysts by reading their work or listening to their podcasts, and that gives me a basis to know uh, how the guys that get paid paid to grade prospects, you got to take that seriously, they get paid to do it, um, that I want to know what their opinion is. I use their expertise to supplement my own personal analysis of players. Like I said, it's their full-time job, so I can't watch every play of film, but I enjoy watching and forming my own opinions by of the incoming rookie class by doing two things. One, I watch their highlights on YouTube, <laughs> so just watch their highlights, and then I also like looking up the top prospects, college production and statistics, because that really says a lot to me. Their production in college means a lot, and so I like to look up their statistics and know much more about them uh, as a player statistically. Next week is when we'll start. Um, I will start the process and so that I will have my rookie rankings established before the NFL Combine. So look forward to me sharing my rookie rankings with you on the website beginning the day after the NFL Super Bowl. So i got a couple weeks to study and get prepared, but the day after the Super Bowl, my rookie rankings will be available. And that's the fun of being in a dynasty league. Now let's move to some down notes. I said that I was going to tell you about my 2020 regrets Uh, Like I said, one of the most valuable things that Dynasty Manager can do is honestly assess his or her hits and misses during the season. I like to go back and look at all the trades and waiver moves that I made and try to be honest and assess where I won and where I lost. So last week, uh, you heard me speak about five moves I made that really helped my teams, including one, winning a Super Bowl because of some of the trades that I made for Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans. But this week, I'm going to be honest about five moves I made that I'm not sure that I'm happy about. Moves that I regret. So here they are. Number one would be not acquiring Miles Gaskin. Uh, Two weeks ago, I shared that my biggest player miss was Jordan Howard. (laughs) So it should come as no surprise then that my biggest in-season mistake was being uh, late to bid on Miles Gaskin. I had a hard time believing that a team that signed Howard in free agency and traded for Matt Breida would give a primary role to an undrafted free agent. But that's precisely what Miami did. And I did not pick up Gaskin in any of my leagues, none of my eight leagues did I get him. I really love to construct my rosters with a stud RB1 and then try to get an RB2 that's like a guy with a really steady floor. And Gaskin was just that and more as an RB2 this this last year. 
If I had Gaskin on my team, I know I would have won a few more games at the beginning of the season. And what's worse, uh, he really uh, could become the lead running back for the next few years on a run-heavy team in Miami. Uh, they went right back to Gaskin ahead of, ahead of Salvin Achman, uh, who played well while Gaskin was injured, indicating that he is their lead back. Uh, only the NFL draft could change this. But I'm not sure that Miami's going to make moves in free agency um, or for a running back because that didn't work for them this last year. So I wish Gaskin was on more of my teams, and I plan to make some trade offers for him, especially on the leagues where I own uh, Salvin Ahmed because I have him in several leagues, and I'm more willing to try to go after Gaskin just to lock up the Miami backfield, assuming that they don't draft someone, which is always the risk that we take as uh, dynasty managers. Next uh, thing that I really regret was trading Logan Thomas for Nicole Hardman. Now, sounds like maybe a fair trade. Maybe you disagree with me. But at the time that I made this trade, I really liked Hardman more than Thomas. Um, in fact, uh, the league that I that I made this trade, they actually post a grade the trade uh, thing and group me after every trade. And the league unanimously favored my side of this trade. However, that was early in the season and Thomas established himself as a highly targeted, super reliable tight end by the end of the season. And I really wish I had him back. Uh, two weeks ago, I spoke about how I really want a tight end on a team who's their number one target. Really rare to find players, you know, the case of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Super rare to find one, but Thomas has become the number one tight end in Washington. I'm uncertain whether he'll continue, uh, given the possibility of a new quarterback in the draft, and of course the fine play of future upside and future upside of, of Terry McLaurin. But I doubt he'll ever become less than the second highest targeted player on their team. Uh, he may be a former college quarterback, but he's won this year far on far more than just his pure athleticism. I think he is a legit tight end, and he started. He's a you know every week starter in fantasy lineups uh, for sure. And I just missed out on him by making this trade. I was wise enough to pick him up off the waiver wire, um, and they outbid my my league mates for that. But then I traded him, one that I wish I had back. Nicole Hardman, I really still you know like him, like his upside. But I really believe that his, and I believe his role is going to increase after Sammy Watkins leaves in free agency this year. But even so, I feel like he's going to constantly be a distant third target for Kansas City behind Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, uh, for sure, and maybe even behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire as the years progress. I wish I had Thomas back instead of Mikael Hardman. Third player that I'll talk about uh, that I regret that I have was I, I regret dropping Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar was the last player that I dropped on cutdown day in one very deep league. It's a league without kickers or defenses, so very deep league. In that league, I just had to make a cut, and I cut Aguilar. Um, that's a league where I can actually start up to six wide receivers, and if, if so, Aguilar would have been in my, a fine contributor for my team and would have been in the starting lineup most weeks for me after he really started to break out. My thought process at the time was the addition of Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in the draft really meant that Aguilar would be buried on the depth chart and that uh, that his, you know, being on the second team of his career just wasn't going to help him. Well, instead, he finished the season as a 28th highest scoring wide receiver in the league. 28th. Pretty crazy. In the future, I made a note to myself in the future, I want to think twice about dropping busts that actually had a really high draft capital, particularly if they get a chance to prove themselves on a new team. So if a guy has been a bust for his first three to four years, but then joins a new team and had a high draft capital like Aguilar did, I think I'm going to make a note that I want to hang on to them just a little bit longer to see what they do with their new team, at least for one year. Thankfully, I did retain him in one of my leagues at least.
Fourth regret was actually trading too many picks away on what's really becoming an aging team that I have. Um, in a league where I did retain Aguilar, actually, I lost in the semifinals, lost in the final four. Um, I do have a very strong team, and so I made very aggressive trades the last two years to try to win the title, but both times I failed to do so. You know how hard it is to win a Dynasty Super Bowl. I traded two first-round picks away for Alvin Kamara, but was bounced in the semis this year um, and missed out on his six-touchdown week because I was bounced in the semis instead of carrying Kamara into the finals. And then in that same league, I actually traded away Deshaun Watson in an early third-round pick for Josh Allen. Um, but my team, again, was defeated in the semis before Allen had his crazy Monday night game that we just spoke about. Um, man, I now have Josh Allen and have great young running backs with Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara in that league. But my team's really growing old at wide receiver. I've got Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, um, Jarvis Landry, and Nelson Aguilar, Robert Woods. And so after watching this year's rookie wide receivers break out, I really wish that I had at least one of those rookie wide receivers on my team. So in this league, I have a regret. I think that I need to switch a bit to a bit of a hybrid rebuild kind of mode. Um, and remember how difficult it really is to win a championship. Uh, next year, I commit in this league not only to trade, not trade away first-round draft picks, I also commit to try to acquire them. I need some more youth on this aging team, even though it's still going to be a competitive one next year. And last thing that I regret was spending all of my fab too early. I spent all of my free agent acquisition budget too early. Um, in three leagues this year, I did that. In two leagues, I actually spent all of my fab by midseason, which meant that I could not make bids on the first round of waivers each week. I usually really believe in spending early. But next year, I aim to be one of those managers that holds on to fab a little bit longer and wins the bids near the end of the season rather than at the start. I just get too excited about all the possible dynasty values that can be found on the waiver wire, and I really need to remind myself that they are, in my leagues, the 300th to 360th best player available for a reason. Like, we're talking about deep dynasty leagues. The players that we're picking up are not that special with rare exception. And so there were some waiver wire dynasty risers this year, like Miles Gaskin, like Logan Thomas, that I've already mentioned. I wish that I had them. But I think next year, instead of trying to get a bunch of players early, I'm going to wait to see what happens. Wait more patiently and put all of my chips in on one or two players that I think can help me beyond just the current season, what I call true uh, dynasty pickups. Those are some of my regrets. I hope that you would take the time to do that same process for yourself. Go back and look at all the waiver made moves that you made and the trades that you made and assess where you went right and where you went wrong so that you can learn and become a, an even better manager in your leagues. I appreciate you giving a listen. Uh, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. I'm looking forward to the off-season, spending time with you guys. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until you know, until next time, you know what to do in the off season. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.